You can turn to Hebrews chapter 3. We'll be there in a moment. We'll be hopping around a lot tonight, but we'll have spend a good portion of our time in Hebrews chapter 3. I know we go through Hebrews on Wednesdays. It's okay to do it twice in one week. Uh, but we'll be all over the place tonight as we continue our series, Normal Church, the Everyday Calling for Everyday Christians. My point tonight is really to start focusing on how can we be speaking the truth in love practically to each other. Last week we talked about taking that step as members of reaching others with the truth of God's word, with the love of Christ, that we have an obligation to do so, that this really isn't an optional thing, that uh, truth-telling in love is not, is not limited to the pastors of a church. It's not even limited to the pastors and deacons of a church. In fact, if, if that's how we ran things, if, if speaking the truth in love was the pastor's job and even the deacon's job, you know what would happen? We'd have a lot of people in our church who need the truth personally that aren't receiving. It's one thing to hear a, a sermon from the platform. It's another thing to hear loving truth from a fellow member in a normal relationship. And if we as a church become, if I can use this term, an army of loving truth tellers, an army of people who take the word of God, seeking to build each other up it, with, the, with the word of God, that our, our, our church would, would grow, mature, be transformed. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be considering specifically how can we speak the truth in love, because opportunities abound for this. If you just look around, you'll see that opportunities are all, all over the place, and we need to take them. There are opportunities to exhort each other, opportunities to comfort each other, to instruct each other, even to confront and correct each other. And if we are going to be faithful with these opportunities and take those opportunities that we need to be equipped with Scripture, we need to know how God wants us to approach each one of these different contexts. So tonight, I want us to focus on the responsibility of exhorting. Are we as a church willing to exhort one another, to speak the truth in love, to exhort with the, tru with the truth and in a spirit of love? Are we an exhorting church? Are you an exhorting Christian? That's what we'll be looking at tonight. And if we're going to be answering this question, how do we exhort? We have to start with a basic question, and that is, what is exhortation? Haven't done this in a while. I haven't gotten feedback from the audience. Am I allowed to do that? All right. I know it's not Wednesday. I know. I keep getting Wednesday and Sunday confused. Anyone want to give me an idea of what exhortation includes or what it means? Any thoughts? Yes. Encouragement. encouragement. Yeah. In fact, the Greek word for exhortation is often translated as encouragement in Scripture. So it definitely has this idea of an encouragement there. Any other uh, ideas about what it means. Yeah, yeah Jason. To come alongside. To come alongside. Right, that's also included in the, you guys are stealing my first point here. Yes, Jenny. Lifting somebody up. Lifting somebody up. That's a great definition. Yeah, David. To challenge. To challenge. Good. Spur one another on. To spur one another on. You guys are, we're, we're done with the sermon. You guys got it. <laughs> Any other ideas there? What's that? Mild correction. All right. So it may be coming short of confrontation, correction, but you're still, in a sense, correcting something that's wrong, encouraging them forward in what is right. Good. 
most often exhortation describes, as Jason pointed out, coming alongside someone to urge them toward a particular, a particular course of action. Coming alongside someone to urge them toward a particular course of action. In some contexts, it's used to describe encouragement or comfort, and so there's always that element in there, but most often it's the act of urging someone to do something. Some examples, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, Paul says, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So you see that urging there, don't you? You see them coming alongside and urging them toward a particular course of action. In fact, exhortation is right alongside of encourage and charge. And they're, they're charging and encouraging you to do something. What are they calling you to do? To walk in a manner worthy of God. Acts 11, verse 23, says, When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. That's exhortation. And so in these texts, we see the purpose of exhortation to implore others to stay faithful, to walk worthy, to stay the course. Are we exhorting each other in this church? Are we urging each other, stay faithful, stay the course, walk worthy? Exhortation is actually mentioned as one of the gifts that should be present in the local church. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, we read, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhortation, the one who exhorts in his exhortation. And so God has gifted his church with exhorters. There are, there are those in our church that are particularly skilled at exhorting. Those who come alongside, lift you up, push you forward, cheer you along. Thank the Lord for exhorters. Perhaps you have one of those in your life. You know an exhorter. They can be annoying sometimes, but they're really helpful. <laughs> if that's you, thank you so much for using your gifts to, the, to grow the church. Keep exhorting. Keep urging others to stay faithful and committed to Jesus. While some are gifted in exhortation, really all of us are called to exhort. That many times to speak the truth in love will mean to urge each other to action. We're in Hebrews chapter 3. Two passages we'll read in Hebrews. First one in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, why? So that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Skip ahead to Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 24 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. We read, and let us consider, let us think about how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. That's the same Greek word for exhorting. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
This last passage in Hebrews 10 gives us a wonderful picture of what exhortation should look like. That, that word in verse 24, translated as provoke or stir up, is a word that's actually often used in a negative way. It's in the sense of often irritating or even provoke to wrath. The same word is used to describe the sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas in Acts 15, verse 39, when they had to part ways. That they were provoked. There was a sharp disagreement. It describes the spirit of Paul when he saw Athens full of idols. In Acts chapter 17, verse 16, it says, Now while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. His spirit was stirred up. So to exhort someone is to stir up their soul in such a way that drives them to action. It's to provoke them to love and good works. You can say exhortation's kind of pesky, right? But it's also compassionate. This is seen in the definition of the word itself. As we've already noted, it describes the act of coming alongside someone. Exhortation is an act of selfless love, not one of judgment. You might think of it this way, that exhorting someone doesn't look like you standing over someone saying, do better. It looks like you coming up next to someone and saying, don't quit. Our church should be full of exhortation. We should be exhorting each other every day. You know what that means? That includes outside of the church service on Sunday, outside of Wednesdays, a text message to a friend throughout the week. We should be exhorting each other every day. We must be gathering together for the purpose of stirring each other up and exhorting each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is exhortation? Exhortation is encouraging coming alongside someone and urging them toward a particular course of action, staying faithful, staying true to Christ. Next question is, when is exhortation needed? Well, if we are to take seriously what is said in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, and Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25, the answer is clear. Exhortation is needed all the time. Right? So, so many of these situations, comfort or confrontation or instruction, are a case-by-case -case basis, right? It's something that we need to make sure we're listening well and understanding the situation. And the same is true still for exhortation, but, but comfort and confrontation are much more case-specific, whereas exhortation is something that's almost always needed. Why? Because we always need that encouragement. We always need that exhortation to stay faithful, to keep going. Again, in Hebrews 3.13, it says, Exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is always deceitful. So deceitful, in fact, that it takes daily exhortation to fight back against the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another every day. Why? Because sin is so deceitful. It could, be, it could take as little as 24 hours for someone to be deceived by sin. And as the deceitfulness of sin has its effect on our hearts, there is a hardening effect on our soul. This is why exhortation is so important. 
Exhortation stirs up the dregs of our soul to stop that hard layer of sediment from forming. If every day we are exhorted, urged on, encouraged by the truth of God, stirred up, our hearts won't be given a chance to grow hard. A hardened person is someone who has allowed the deceitfulness of sin to have its hardening effect. By believing lies, they become less and less receptive to the truth. And this is a threat for every one of us. There may be even someone in this room tonight who has reached that point. So hardened that it would take a great deal, a great deal of stirring up for them to be encouraged. And our prayer is that there should never be someone like that in our church who got that way because exhortation wasn't happening. And this is why I say we need all of us, right? If it's left up to the pastors or the deacons or even the professional exhorters, most likely it's gonna, there's going to be someone who needs exhortation and they're not getting it. Exhortation is always necessary. Hebrews chapter 10, again, talks about stirring each other up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Exhortation is always necessary, not only because sin is deceitful, but because our days are limited. As the day draws closer, exhortation should increase. Our fellowship should increase as, our, as we stir each other up. So the spirit of the congregation should be one of exhortation. We all should be urging each other on, pushing each other forward, reminding each other of truth. Exhortation is always necessary. But let's just ask the question more specifically. How can we tell if someone is in particular in need of exhortation? That they need to be stirred up and urged on to stay faithful. How do I know if someone is in particular need of exhortation? Just three examples, right? If we're looking around, and I hope we're looking around, I hope we're looking toward each other and seeing how can we speak the truth in love? How can we be a blessing to one another? Three situations in which I think it's important for us to, to move forward with exhortation. Exhort someone if you sense they have a difficult road ahead. Have you been in situations like that? Perhaps you have a good friend and you know that they got something big coming up in their life. Perhaps it's a big trial. Perhaps it's a big life change. And you know, maybe even more than they do, that they're about to hit a major trial and it's going to be difficult. That's a great person for you to go toward and exhort, to urge, to speak the truth in love and say, don't quit. Keep going. Stay faithful. Exhort someone if you sense that they have a growing apathy. Again, this goes back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, that deceitfulness of sin that can harden our heart. Is there someone that you know, a friend in the church or even outside the church, who, who you're concerned about? You're concerned that they're growing more and more apathetic. Perhaps they're being deceived by sin. Exhort them. Thirdly, exhort someone if you sense they have a defeated spirit. That exhortation is necessary because often in the Christian life we're going and we're going and we're staying faithful and we're staying faithful, but life just keeps beating us down and beating us down and beating us down. And we need someone to come alongside to pick us up, to urge us on, encourage us, and remind us of the truth 
of God's word. Exhort someone if you see that have a difficult road ahead. Exhort someone if you see them having a growing apathy. Exhort someone if they have a defeated spirit. And even as I give those, right, if, if well, maybe someone even comes to your mind, all right? If so, that's your cue, all right? Exhort them. Reach out to them. Encourage them. To sense these things, you need to spend time with people and listen to people, right? Don't just rely on your intuition, but be close enough to others as you see their needs and their trials and their pain. Listen enough before you ever speak. Ask questions. Remember, that's something that we saw that any one of us can do. And be ready to exhort one another. Let's take a minute and ask, how should we exhort? Since exhortation is always helpful and and should be done daily, exhortation should be incredibly simple. It should be as simple as taking truth, a truth from the Bible, and using it to encourage someone else to keep going. You think we can do that? I think we can do that. Taking a truth from the Bible, using it to encourage someone else to keep going. Just three things to keep in mind as we seek to exhort. Number one, exhort with grace. If we exhort with pride and superiority, exhortation could come across as arrogant to the apathetic Christian and perhaps discouraging to the defeated question, the Christian. As we said earlier, exhortation is not standing over someone telling them to do better. It is coming alongside them and telling them not to quit. Because in the, when you're in the throes of discouragement, let's say over spiritual failure, nothing rings more hollow than the exhortation, well, just shape up and try harder. That sounds insensitive. Oblivious to deeper struggles. It's like the words of a bystander yelling, just run faster to the dehydrated, crawling marathon runner at the 25th mile, right? Just run faster. Why are you crawling? Stand up. Keep going. Is that how our exhortation should be? Absolutely not. If you're struggling with a habitual sin about which you're deeply discouraged, what if I came to you and just said, shape up. You just start acting like a Christian. You might think, well, don't you, already, don't you think I already know that? Such a statement in the midst of spiritual discouragement would indeed sound insensitive. But yet, at the same time, we, we are called to act more like Christians, right? I mean, keep going is a biblical command. After all, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And isn't that basically saying, start acting like a Christian? Well, the answer is yes. That if you are struggling with sin, you do in fact need to start acting more like a question, Christian. The question is, when do you need to hear this truth? In what context do you need to hear this truth? At what point in your interaction with someone else in your exhortation would it be appropriate for you to tell them you need to start acting more, more like a Christian? Consider with me even Ephesians chapter 4 as an example. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he calls them to walk worthy, but he does not tell them to do that until he has spent three whole chapters painting a glorious picture of what that calling is. 
He expounds the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. He spends time thanking God and praying for his people. He glories in the wondrous realities of the gospel. He rejoices in the unity of Jew and Gentile and their partaking, partaking in the unsearchable riches of Christ. He prays that you may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And finally, he praises the one who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work in us. And then he tells them, therefore, act like Christians. Without the first three chapters packed full of glorious doctrine, the statement, walk worthy in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, would not only be insensitive, it would be impossible because you haven't given the encouraging promise, the encouraging truth that undergirds that. The unsearchable riches of Christ and the power at work in us, after all, is, is, is what enables us to act like Christians in the first place. So when you exhort someone to shape up, I mean, technically it's accurate. But perhaps that person needs a little Ephesians 1 through 3 before you give them some Ephesians 4 through 6. Perhaps they need to rest in God so that they will have the strength to fight against sin to exhort someone to action without reminding them of gospel doctrine is like shoving someone into battle without a weapon. We need to present God's truth in the same order, context, and intention as God's word. The theologian A.W. Pink once said, it is a blessed fact that God's promises are as large as his exhortations. And for each of the latter, there is one of the former exactly meeting it. This is a truth you see all throughout scripture, that whenever there's a command, an exhortation, do this, there's an undergirding promise that fuels that exhortation. That crawling dehydrated runner at the 25th mile doesn't need your verbal proddings. He needs you to offer him a drink of water, help him to his feet, lift his eyes to the finish line, and then tell him, keep going. He needs you to come alongside. He needs you to exhort. And so if you're going to exhort someone, what should you keep in mind? How are you going to exhort with grace? We need to provide them with the grace they need to continue on. You need to show them from the truth the promises of God that fuel their obedience. You're not just giving them the what, you're giving them also the why and the how. And so when you exhort, when you urge, when you encourage, you want to make sure you're always including gospel promise, gospel fuel to help them stay faithful. Exhort with grace. Secondly, exhort with humility. Exhortation is inherently humble. Right? You're not standing over someone. You're coming alongside someone. You aren't acting as someone who is superior, but someone who has compassion. A humble exhorter doesn't threaten or intimidate. A humble exhorter acknowledges his own weakness and vulnerability to deception, even while he seeks to urge someone else on. Exhort with humility, not with superiority. Thirdly, exhort with fervency. You know, don't, don't interpret grace and humility as casual or flippant. Whenever you see an exhortation within Scripture, it's done with a sense of urgency, 
of seriousness, a fervent exhortation recognizes the deceptiveness of sin and the necessity of perseverance. With Paul, exhortation was always urgent. He was entreating the believers to stay faithful. He had seen too many shipwrecked lives for him to be casual in his exhortation. We read it even this morning, Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And his experience seeing this time and time again, I believe, gave him a greater and greater urgency, a fervency in his exhortation. If you see someone who has a difficult road ahead or someone who's growing apathetic or distant, see someone who has a spirit of feeling defeated in them, don't just let that go. In a spirit of love and grace and humility and fervency, go after them. Give them truth. Give them grace. Lift them up and point them to the finish line. I believe that so many individuals drift away from church, from Christ, because we as believers do not see the urgency to exhort. While it's every single individual believer's responsibility to stay faithful to Christ, you can never blame someone else for your own sin. It's our responsibility as Christians to urge and exhort each other on. Exhort with fervency. I would even add to this, exhort with courage, right? To exhort takes boldness. To urge someone else on is to risk being ignored or rejected. So if you're going to exhort, you're going to have to be brave. To not be concerned about the response of others. To risk being considered intrusive or even nosy as you seek to provoke others to love and good works. My older brother told a story when he was in high school. He had a good friend who, you know you have like that one friend who's just way too spiritual and just... He's just, just his, he's always just thinking about Christ and always encouraging you on. This one friend, whenever he would see him in the hallway at school or talk to him, he wouldn't, he wouldn't say, how you doing, Joel, or anything like that. He would walk by and say, you doing your devotions, Joel? You reading the Bible, Joel? And, 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 and he, you know, that took him aback a little bit. That's not something you normally hear, but I remember him being so encouraged by that, so, so touched by that. I mean, what if, what if we were doing that, right? Hey, you're reading the Bible? Hey, you're staying faithful? Hey, you're, you're, you're moving forward? This is something that's always necessary because we always need encouragement. You know, we as believers are not used to other people sticking their noses in our business. We don't like it very much. But when it comes to our spiritual lives within the context of the church, we should expect others to stick their noses in our business, to seek encouragement, to seek to encourage, admonish, and exhort us, to not allow us to drift away. And if, and if you are struggling, right, if, if you're feeling like you're about to quit, I would encourage you, keep yourself within the congregation, around other believers, Give other believers the opportunity to exhort you. Because the danger and deceptiveness of sin is when we are struggling, what do we do? We drift away. And that's why Hebrews 10 says, don't neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but exhort one another every day, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
You know, maybe you've tried to be a faithful exhorter in the church only to be ignored or disregarded. Let me just encourage you, don't let that stop you. As long as you are exhorting with grace, humility, and fervency, continue having the courage to speak the truth in love. If you love someone enough, you will share the truth with them, even if they don't like it. You know, I would much rather have a disgruntled member come to me complaining that too many people in the church are intruding into their personal life than a disgruntled member coming to me complaining that no one has sought to reach into their lives. Be courageous. Speak the truth in love. Out of all the ways that we can speak the truth in love, confrontation, comfort, instruction, exhortation, I believe it is exhortation that should be most widely experienced in the church. Because while we may not always need comfort or confrontation, we always need exhortation. We always need that encouragement to keep running the race, to keep going, to keep walking with Christ, to keep resisting the deceitfulness of sin. May we be an exhorting church. May that be our normal experience. And I just encourage you, number one, if there's someone on your mind tonight where you're thinking, man, they need some encouragement. They need some exhortation. It doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be long-winded. It can be a simple message, a simple phone call, a simple text saying, hey, praying for you. Keep going. God is faithful. Give them some scripture. If there's someone on your mind, I encourage you, just take that step. Exhort. Reach out. But remember that this is always necessary. Let's exhort each other daily. Whether there's a a need in your mind or not, because many struggles that we experience are hidden and unknown to others. If you just have a spirit of exhortation, of urging people on, you will end up exhorting and encouraging others who you didn't even know how to struggle, who who you didn't know were about to quit or grow apathetic. Let's have a spirit of exhortation as we follow our everyday calling to speak the truth in love. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word that equips us to love each other. God, I pray that you would use us imperfect, sinful people with our own struggles, our own failings, and our own weaknesses. Use us, Lord, to speak the truth in love to each other. Lord, I pray that we would, as we gather together, that we would gather for the purpose of building up, that we would gather for the purpose of speaking truth to each other. Lord, help us all to pursue one another in love, to urge each other forward as we seek to stay faithful to you.